0: This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the metaverse, Web3, and more with stories that matter to the crypto world, all on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to The Coindesk Podcast Network.
2: Happy Tuesday, Hash friends. You're watching The Hash on Coindesk TV and listening on The Coindesk Podcast Network i'm jen we got will and wendy on the show today hey guys what's
0: up how are you how's everybody
2: doing i was just gonna barrel into the topics but i was like let me just say hi
0: i was kind of awesome too really should wait but too there's something really really important announcement we have to make today right all right it's taco tuesdays on the hash
2: oh Oh, that's
0: We're not ready, but we just want to wish we want to wish everybody a happy Taco Tuesday. Yeah, (laughs) because it is Taco time. But all right, but we have to talk about something very serious. Okay, you guys ready? Are we ready? Mm -hmm. Ready? Okay. Yay! There you
1: go. You got it.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's get into some a big story here. Okay, big story. It dropped yesterday that the U.S. Treasury has completely banned tornado cash in the United States of America, which is a big cause of concern. And the story of today is Ethereum co-founder Vitalik says he used blacklisted tornado cash to donate to Ukraine. So I wanted to kind of touch on this story because yesterday Jen had brought up a really, really important thought about this, is that people could utilize cryptocurrency to send payments, to send donations, to send money to different organizations, and want to stay anonymous because things can be... Like somebody like Vitalik, that is a big name, and the fact that he's sending a donation. So I think it is important to note how this is going to impact a lot of people from being able to receive payments, being able to send money, and essentially just kind of being safe and being able to stay anonymous. So I want to kind of toss this over to Jen for your initial thoughts.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've we've spoken about this time and time again, and I think it's important to, to say when I read this story, it seems to me like this is more a story about control, right? Governments are afraid of privacy. They're afraid of autonomy when it comes to crypto and the tools that are being built around crypto and i think that we just see time and time again governments and regulators relying on this message about criminals and money launderers and stopping the bad guys when it really is focused on a specific group of people i said this yesterday you know the the story that's brought up with this ban is the north korean hackers and the axi hack What does that have to do with American citizens? What does that have to do with a ban on American people? I want to point out one part of the story that I thought was pretty interesting. So the article referenced Coin Center Director of Research, Peter Van Valkenburg, and he described judgments from court rulings that go against this ban. He said, banning software publication is banning speech, banning otherwise legal transactions made to maintain one's own privacy and engage in anonymous speech for political purposes is unconstitutional and laws that unreasonably chill speech are constitutionally suspect and can be challenged before enforcement. And so I think it's important to think, think of that, right? We have a certain set of rights and freedoms for a particular reason. And I, I think when the mainstream reads a story like this, it's easy to see how people might get on board, but I just challenge people to think a little bit deeper. Will, what do you think?
1: Totally agree with you. And I think the software thing is really interesting. We'll do my history corner. I should have told everyone to get that wipe ready as well. But back in the 90s, we also saw a very similar instance where encryption was trying to be banned. Encryption was actually treated just like any sort of foreign intelligence. They wanted to keep that under wraps. And then during the 1990s, there was this back and forth between academics and the government and industry. And slowly, they were able to make encryption public and available for everyone in the public domain just like math textbooks are available to anyone nowadays, right? At the time, it was probably pretty smart to try to keep that under wraps because there were some national security threats to the United States uh, coming out of the Cold War. Not really right now, right? Like It's sort of uncertain why they would try to keep this information under wraps and why they're trying to ban encryption and really ban implementation of encryption through code, which is tornado Cash, right? When it comes down to the practicalities of it, they're trying to squeeze North Korea and uh, that makes sense when you don't want to support the North Korean regime. But it comes at the cost of U.S. citizens and others who are trying to use this software for fine purposes, nothing illegal at all, right? And it does make sense if you look at Tornado Cash on like, the technical level. So what Tornado Cash does is allows you to put Ether into a big mixer. The more people who put Ether into that mixer, the more likely that the Ether you get back on the other side is going to be basically broke it apart from its transaction history. So you want as many people to kind of get in that, uh, that bag as possible. So you're going to get out fresh ether. And if the US government can limit the amount of people who are going into that bag, then they can basically kill the whole project and North Korea won't be able to use it going forward. At the same time, though, this comes at the cost of free speech. It comes at the cost of code and it's resort to many other issues, right? If they're going to ban this instance, well, why don't they just move down the tech stack? And start mandating that validators on Ethereum or Bitcoin miners start processing out transactions and not allowing certain transactions to go through and that certain wallet addresses are not able to be used. And these are things that are very possible and things that we could see going forward. I think that is the larger concern for the industry at this point, is that those things could happen because the U.S. government is already going after applications built on top of Ethereum. Wendy, give it back to you.
0: Another thing that I want to add is I do see a lot of people cheering about this. Like, this is great. This is awesome. Because apparently there is a large amount of illicit activity that does happen on Tornado Cash. I understand that. I'm not discounting that. But at the same time, if you're in crypto, you're in Bitcoin, you're in NFTs, you're participating in a decentralized economy, you do not get to tell somebody else what to do. You can voice your concerns. You get to voice your opinion. But just the fact that we're supposed to be operating in a decentralized economy, but then we have people that are cheering for censorship we're cheering for the takedown of this that's very problematic to me and it makes no sense as to why you're in crypto why would you be in crypto when bitcoin was created for the people by the people to help kind of get rid of these third-party oppressive bodies and you know to stop censorship and to give people more rights back to let people actually own their money actually own their livelihood but then you're sitting and you're cheering for something like this to be taken down it's just like, like with cash, you can, cash is a lot harder to track. Yes, there's ways you can track cash, et cetera, but it is a lot harder to track than cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is very, very transparent. You can pretty much see anything on the blockchain. So for those of you who are cheering about this, thinking that it's a great, fantastic idea, I highly recommend you look back in history and you look back when the countries were overthrown or when there's a very, very oppressive leader that is basically saying, and this is a point that I brought up on TikTok. Imagine being an average citizen. You know, you get up, you go to work every day, you pay your bills, you pay your taxes, and somebody somewhere doesn't like you for whatever reason. And they've got power in the government somehow. What happens if they say, you know, we don't like this person and they shut down your bank account and they throw you in wherever it is, they detain you? This is why crypto is here. This is why Bitcoin is here. And if you're sitting here cheering this on, then you're not part of the solution. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
2: Yeah, Wendy, I, I think it's so important to bring up that narrative. And but I think that this ethos that was it the foundation of crypto sometimes gets lost, especially as more people come into the space. We don't talk about that as much anymore, right? We talk about these big headlines, people making massive trades, people who are getting rich or people who are losing a lot of money. But we don't talk about that core ethos that you just brought up. And so I think it's really important to continue that conversation. So when people do enter the space, they can see that it is completely different than the traditional financial system. The things that they are used to do not need to be that way in the future. And there are reasons for that. So I think it's so important that you bring that up, especially on TikTok, where the mainstream audience is. Yeah, thanks for that, Jen. That was really nice. You're welcome. All right. We're going to talk about Reddit now. So Reddit has an FTX Pay integration, which will support users onboarding to community points. The integration will allow users to purchase Ether from supported Reddit apps, which they can then use to pay network fees for community points transactions on chain. So if you don't know what community points are, it's a reputation program that allows users to earn points by contributing quality posts and comments. Since the points live on the blockchain they and not on Reddit's platform, they can be transferred to anywhere you go online. So community points is Reddit's, I guess, proof point as to an online decentralized reputation system, and now FTX Pay is integrating a way for people who partake in this program to purchase Ether. Wendy, I'm going to kick this down to you. I know this is a very targeted story, but I thought this would be an interesting time to talk about reputation points. We talk about NFTs so often in building communities, but these reputation points are something that I think a lot of social people who are building in the social media space are thinking around. And I want to get your opinion on these.
0: So I'm actually reading the story and I don't, and there's a couple, there's actually things that are not related to your question <laughs> that I wanted to bring up, but I, cause I don't use Reddit, read it, Reddit, Reddit. I don't really use it too much. It just feels like Reddit. <laughs> you know what? I don't really utilize it too much, but I think it is important that a big platform like this is utilizing, you know, cryptocurrency, but. When I'm reading the article, and social points are cool too, passive income, yay. But when I'm reading the article, I thought it was pretty interesting because it says, launched in 2022, the blockchain-based community point system awards users based on quality of their posts. Community points shifted to the Arbitrum Nova blockchain in 2021, when originally I thought it was with Ethereum that they would utilize, so like strictly Ethereum. So I thought that that was a very interesting switch, and the fact that it's with FTX Pay, I would have assumed that it would have been Solana.
1: I think this project has been a long time coming and it also doesn't seem like it's really finalized yet. So Reddit has been talking about working with a blockchain solution for its community points for literally years. We've seen this headline sort of rolled out in piecemeal fashion a few separate times where they've launched or they're about to launch or they're launching some sort of community project. There was at one point even a roll-up competition where they're saying like, we can't scale on Ethereum. So let's find a roll-up solution that enables us to launch community points on top of it. Nothing has really happened to date. And this one doesn't seem to be too much of a change. Otherwise, also, we're looking at this, just seems like FTX and isn't able to work with Reddit here, but that doesn't really seem to say like much more about where this community points project is going to go. The issue with the community points project to date is that Ethereum cannot handle the amount of transactions that needs to scale with Reddit, right? Because there's a million people liking a million posts with a million comments every single second on Reddit. How can a blockchain keep up with that? That's not what blockchain is built for. Blockchains are really meant for moving money around, maybe a little other data, but nothing like that intense. Typically, you're going to use some like very boring single server that can handle all this. But Reddit wants to really move into this Web3 thing, right? Like That's the whole point. Alex Ohanian is the... Co founder of, of Reddit, and he is a very well known Web3 VC at this point and is very involved with a lot of the NFT scene. And so he's made a big point of pushing Reddit in this direction. But to date, the tech is just not there, right? There hasn't really been a social media Web3 project that has really taken off in a sense that it's using Web3 as the backend. That might happen in the future, but right now, the best project we've seen to date probably with that would be Reddit. And this headline doesn't give me a lot of optimism that it's moved very far. Jen, back over to you.
2: Yeah, I have a question for both of you. Will, you asked me the other day what I thought about the Instagram NFT integration. And now we're talking about, you know, blockchain, where it is, we can't actually support this next billion users that we always talk about bringing into the space. Is it just too early to talk about bringing on these mass audiences that are on web to social platforms? Is it just too early? Are we going to see these piecemeal projects like this kind of test some things out, but like not really focus on bringing a big audience? Um, maybe, I don't even know, I can't even give a timeline, but not even focus on it for now.
1: Yeah, I'll give a quick kinda, answer and then hand it over okay. to Wendy. I, I think that there's some features you get like censorship resistance, right? So imagine like a Twitter account, you have a running and then all of a sudden Twitter doesn't like something you say. They delete your account, you lose all your tweets. There's solutions for that nowadays with some Web3 products. And there have been actually for quite a while if you do like local backups. But even blockchains like Arweave, things like that allow you to do some sort of backup yourself that other people are able to access. So that's great. But in terms of like lots of people using Web3 tech, sending microtransactions, tips, things like that, not really there yet. I think we're by five years away or so. Wendy, to you?
0: I actually like that you said five years away, because I was going to say five to 10 years away. And I know that sounds kind of crazy. Yeah, people forget that everything in crypto is technically still in beta for the most part. Like, obviously, there are some exchanges that are built out a little bit more, but they don't really run on blockchain. So we're talking about Web3. We're talking about crypto. Everything is still kind of in production. Like, I don't know about you, but the way that I gauge projects is if they've survived a bear market. If they've been able to survive a bear market, I'm more likely to feel a little bit more confident in my investing. And I'll note that in my investment trading journal under my fundamental analysis. But we are still we still have a really, 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 really long way to go. And on top of it, it seems that we are in a battle with the governments regarding what's a security, what isn't a security. So it's gonna be really complicated for the Reddits and Instagram and the Facebook and the Met, like all of these different social media platforms to really integrate these Web3 technologies because we don't know if they're securities or not. And if they integrate these technologies and then the SEC comes out and says, oh, this is a security because X, Y, and Z, it could be detrimental to their entire business operation that was very successful without the Web3 of cryptocurrency blockchain technology.
1: Fair enough. Well, let's move over to the next story, actually, and talk about more stable coins. Talked about stable coins a few times last few weeks. This one's moving back to the Luna ecosystem, Kujira, which is going to launch its USK stablecoin token. It's not on Luna anymore or Luna Classic, but it's actually going to move onto the Cosmos ecosystem. They're launching a stablecoin that's backed by crypto assets and then also using some trading techniques that we've seen with a few of the algorithmic stable coins. So it's sort of like a pairing of both of them together with the end goal of creating a decentralized stablecoin. This really came into importance yesterday when we saw the Tornado Cash uh, sanctioned by OFAC. Why? Well, because there's a lot of USDC, which is a centralized stablecoin run by Circle consortium within the industry. And a lot of USDC was sanctioned, stopped, and then blacklisted by Circle. About half a billion dollars worth, I believe. Um, though that number might be a little inaccurate. I don't remember off the top of my head. But it was a decent amount of USDC that was blacklisted and basically it's gone, right? Nobody can access it anymore uh, except for Circle and except for OFAC with approval by OFAC. So people are still wanting these decentralized stablecoins, right? They want to have some sort of alternative. They maybe don't want Bitcoin because of volatility. They want some sort of peer to peer payment that has a very single standard unit of account. And so they're going to keep pushing for these stable coins. Wendy, I want to give this one over to you, though. We've seen the failures with these algorithmic stable coins. And now we've seen the failures with these backed stable coins with what happened yesterday. Is there a way forward? Should people keep experimenting with these things? Or is it better just to rely on the true and trusted method like Bitcoin or Ethereum or another token?
0: unfortunately all this stuff again is still in beta it's still in production and I think that is important I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the pros and the cons I think it's important to keep creating products like these and bringing them to market because we do need solutions that's what crypto is about it's about coming up with creative solutions to help the underdogs to help the people to get away from these oppressive bodies so I think it's important to do so however for an average retail trader or investor if you guys are going to get into this stuff you have to really 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 understand the risks like I think it's important to utilize a different chain other than ethereum especially with the tornado cash ban but at the same time there's a massive massive risk associated with it so I'm I'm excited that people are still building I'm excited to see this type of news I'm excited to see these algorithmic stable coins whatever to be created but at the same time it does make me a little bit nervous as an investor or somebody who would, you know, want to get into a particular ecosystem, because what happens if we have another Terra Luna debacle and people lose their money? Some people will invest in this stuff and utilize it, and then when the, if, if they do collapse, they'll get upset, or they might have invested too much money. So that's that's something that kind of you know tugs at my heartstrings a little bit. But at the same time, I love innovation, I love competition, I love to see people continue to build and find creative solutions because we are in a time where we need it. Jen, your take on this.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the optics of issuing a stable coin in any way, shape or form associated to Terra seems inopportune at the moment. And then I saw someone in our comments say Luna and all projects related to it equals wrecked. So I think it's just an inopportune PR move. That said, I understand that, you know, teams need to move on, find their fate and continue building. I have a question for you, Will. Now, I'm not an economist or a treasury expert, so bear with me. So it said that the stable coin is going to be soft pegged to the US dollar and will be backed by Cosmos's Atom and eventually the Kuji token. Is this risky given that there's not a diverse group of assets that are backing the coin? If it's just, you know, Cosmos in the treasury, is that a risk that we should be looking at?
1: Yeah, really quick, let me fact check myself. There's just shy of a half billion dollars worth of USD in the uh, Tornado Cash vaults, um Got it. about $75,000 worth of USDC was actually frozen yesterday by Circle. To answer your question, what we saw uh, with or what we're seeing with this project with it being backed by Cosmos and then some sort of other mechanisms, it's pretty classic within cryptocurrency to see these sort of designs. Like MakerDAO is like the lead project for this and it came about in 2016. And it's been fairly functional, right? They've used Ether predominantly as the backstop reserve currency for that token. And then also the maker token and then DAI, which would be the stable coin. And then they use like interest rates and games with that to try to keep DAI peg at about $1 into soft peg, right? It might go a little above, might go a little under. But the whole point is that Ether is there to back everything up. And then there's also some like leverage you can pull on to keep that stable coin stable. Here, what we're seeing is they're using Cosmos and then their own native token, which I don't know if it has much value at any point right now. And then also trying to pull in some of those mechanisms. The difficult point is it's hard to say if people are going to adopt Cosmos token the same way that they've uh, like adopted Ethereum or this other KUJI token. And on top of that, if not that many people are, are using this token, like pulling the levers, raising interest rates, things like that, might not do anything, right? Like, so it's really hard to get these projects from zero to one. That's why MakerDAO is so impressive. Uh, At the same time, though, we're seeing MakerDAO having a lot of problems with so much USDC backing that project at this point. A lot of people are calling that into question. So I think right now, with the last six months of history with Terra Luna, and then with Tether depegging for a little bit, and now USDC blacklisting some assets, we're seeing some huge red flags with stablecoins. I think it's going to cause some pause for traders and others out there. We're looking at the stablecoin market and thinking uh, i don't know if i want to be involved with that right now
2: all right well, let's wrap it there it was a great taco tuesday show i just want to say before we leave we're still looking for that taco sponsor so we you know are. if you if you like us i mean why wouldn't you have your people call our people i'm jen That's Will in the middle and Wendy on the other end. Thank you so much for joining us on The Hash on Coindesk TV and for listening on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We will see you tomorrow. Happy Taco Tuesday.
0: You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network.